0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley, And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of The Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. We are taking the week off from a new episode to recharge ahead of Thanksgiving. We know that the start of the holiday season can be activating, overwhelming, and bring up a lot of emotion. That is why we're re-releasing our most downloaded episode to date, Why Are In-Laws So Triggering? We wanted to share this episode for a second time because Thursday is Thanksgiving and we imagine many of you will be spending time with your in-laws and families this week. We hope that listening to this episode in the context of the holidays approaching will make you feel less alone and give you some tips and tricks to take care of yourself. If you're an original listener, you know that one of our favorite things to say is that it takes hearing the same things over and over again before it truly integrates. We hope listening again gives you a new perspective or new things to consider. If you're new, welcome. We are so happy to have you here. We wish everyone an amazing holiday week and weekend that may or may not come with some in-laws. We love you all and we will see you back here next Monday for a brand new episode of Shrink Chicks. Take care of yourselves and remember that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We are back today with an episode that got so many questions.
1: <laughs> more than we've
0: ever had before. It has to be more than we've ever had before. more I mean, the, the, wait, Jen, the list that we're
1: looking at right now that Nikki and Adi made together, cut it. Th- this isn't all of them. Right. They gave That's... us four pages of questions, and this is just the ones that were selected. This is not all of them. And so what we're talking about is fucking in-laws. And everyone fucking has, in-laws. Everyone has a question, a thought, a concern. Um, our favorite one that we got asked was, is having in-laws mandatory because no thanks. And the answer is no. I guess. You could just not get married. Well, that's a really smart way to keep yourself right? safe. I mean,
0: that's a way to protect do nothing, yourself. Right? To just just absolutely just nothing. Do absolute pure avoidance. So I'm into that. By the way, of course you are. (laughs) Love that avoidance tactic.
1: So I feel like there's like this interesting part. It's such a triggering subject for so many people. And so many people are like, even the amount of questions we got of like, how do I prepare for them? Like, people that don't even have in laws yet are worried (laughs) about this. And so I don't know what that says about our society that we have such a negative connotation with in laws. I have a bunch of theories about it. Okay. I want to hear
0: every one of your theories. (laughs) One of them is that, and I'm sure we'll probably mention this as we go through questions, is that one of them with in-laws is you are directly experiencing uh, the reason why your partner might be the way that they are. Like the things that irritate you the most in your partner, you see where they develop and you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. right? That like with your, you know, and with your family, you might feel more comfortable to say certain things or to set certain boundaries. And it feels like you have so much less control over the boundaries that are being set with your in-laws. And, and I think that, you know, once again, the things that bother you the most in your partner, you'd see the direct cause Yeah. Mm-hmm. at times. It was
1: funny because somebody wrote in and said, um, I love my in-laws and I have an amazing relationship and I feel bad telling people that.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Like they had guilt over like what a wonderful relationship they have with their in-laws because like that wasn't the norm around them.
0: I am so happy for that. I know, right? No, you shouldn't feel guilty. That's oh, so congratulations. I am thrilled for them. Just I, thrilled.
1: I think, I think what you're saying is like completely true though, right? Like you see this thing in your partner that's like, okay, like here's one. My partner has no sense of time. Like, just, you know, whenever we get there, we get there. Oh, man, whatever we figure out, we figure out. Uh, and I'm like, you know, from the fucking Northeast. So I'm like, nah, 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 nah. we got to do it now. Um, wait, What's the time? What's the schedule? When we is are it always to- early to things. We're early to everything. But we're also have a tight schedule and there's no, we have plans and stuff. And when I'm with his family, like when we're staying there, and we're like going out on the boat or we're doing things with them. Um, It is like, oh, yeah, whatever time you think.
0: nah. And I'm like, here's where you get it. That is uh, honestly, that's exactly how my husband is, too. They say that they run on Filipino time, which apparently is like 10 minutes later than you should be. But I think he he is definitely running 10 minutes later (laughs) than 10 minutes. I have to say he was actually 15 minutes late to our first date. (laughs)
1: Wait, were you 15 minutes early to your first date?
0: Probably. So it was like Probably. a whole 30 minutes I was chilling and I was texting my friends like, what the fuck's this dude doing?
1: And we have this thing where like sometimes you and I, like when someone's running late for a meeting, we're always like, oh, they're late.
0: One minute. We're like one minute. We're judgmental. Right we're really we're judgmental
1: real. about punctuality. We should stop that right now. Well, I think we've been burned in the past with people that are late. Wait, we've literally been stood up for a business meeting. Remember that one time we were waiting at a restaurant for a business meeting and the person never
0: came? Anytime that happens to us, though, we end up being like, it's okay, we'll just get lunch with each other (laughs) like we always do. (laughs) But it'd be different
1: if we were by ourselves. So I think that there's a time. And also when we were first starting the practice, I mean, at the very beginning, when we were first getting clients in, we had no idea who was going to show up and who wasn't. No. So like clients would be like two minutes later. I'm like, oh, they're no showing me. Like I lost another one. You know, right?
0: Like, yep. And then they come in, right? Yeah, you and end then, yeah. You they just put on. You like put your show on. You're like, I guess they're not coming, and you hear them coming in the door. Yeah. So like that's probably something you and I should deal with. So, hundred percent. Right. Um, some of our own. Some, some of, of our, our own, own shit with that one. Yeah. But
1: so I think what you're saying is right. Though, is, like you see this shadow part of them the trigger part and, yes and then you get you're like oh that's your fucking family and this is who made you just and you like take out your anger you project it onto your in-laws
0: that maybe yes. you have at your partner you ever do that it's because it's so much easier to be angry at someone who you're not directly dealing with day to day than to be angry at your partner because you're it's, it's so much easier to be like, well, this is your fault that my partner is like this. Mm-hmm. As opposed mm-hmm. to like my partner is also an adult and they can make certain changes and yes. they can take responsibility for themselves. But isn't it so much easier to blame other people? Yes. <laughs> it feels better too. It feels so much better to blame the parents.
1: And then I don't have to have a hard, uncomfortable conversation with my partner.
0: I can just blame your family. Right. Or we don't have to have a hard, uncomfortable conversation with your parents. The whole thing. Blame mm-hmm. is just so much easier than all Always. of the healthier things that we oh. could choose to do.
1: All right, here we fucking go. Let's talk about conflict. conflict. And confrontation. That's our first category. Conflict and confrontation with your in laws. Why does everything my mother in law do irritate me? Why are mother in laws so triggering? Expand. You just
0: brought it up. You opened it up with this one, huh? Wow. So, okay. I have so many thoughts colliding at once. I was just going to say, I think there could be a lot of things, right? So I'm thinking about the connection that I'm, I'm, I don't know if this person's in a heterosexual relationship, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm, I'm making the assumption that there's a connection that your mother-in-law has with your partner. And that letting go of that connection to be able to relinquish them and say, you can build this connection or partnership with someone else may be really hard for your mother-in-law. And you're I talk, think, talking like a true Jew. Uh-huh. I'm talking <laughs> like, a, it's true.
1: This is, <laughs> this, this is, you is coming from Jewish the mothers? Jew
0: perspective. <laughs> that there's right. And I, but I think that that also translates into yeah, that the boundaries that, have to be adjusted in order to let go of control or to say that I'm going to welcome you into the family. I think that's a huge adjustment for some mother-in-laws. And I think that that comes out in so many different ways. Yeah. Right. I think we have this other
1: idea where we have have an idea about what we want our married life to look like. And it involves this amazing relationship with our in-laws. Of course, we want a larger, bigger family, right? Like you think about this idea of like, wouldn't it be so great that I have this great relationship with my my mother-in-law and like, we love each other. And I I like expanded this wonderful family, especially if I don't have a great relationship with my family of origin. And then like, it doesn't happen. And then we also remember that like, they're people who have their own shit that affects our shit. And I think that there is a grief that comes with
0: that had a reactivity that comes with that, like, shit is not the way I want it to be, right? I would have questions for this person, right? Like, what were your expectations going into this? What are the things that are the most irritating to you in your relationship mm-hmm. with your mother-in-law? And do you feel like you're able to set boundaries around it? Do you have the ability to have conversations with your mother-in-law, right? So, like, if you don't feel like you can talk to your mother-in-law or set boundaries, then those things might be more triggering. So I just have so many other questions for this person too. Yeah. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present, going through it, seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drum roll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops, and let me tell you, it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchecks.
1: How the heck do you even prepare for them, honestly? I,
0: I like what you said em, earlier about looking at your expectations and saying, what are my expectations about what my relationship is going to be like with my in-laws? And mm-hmm. is that necessarily realistic at all times, right? It is great to have a great relationship, but that doesn't always happen clearly by the amount of questions that we've gotten.
1: It's interesting because I thought about like, when someone says, how the heck do you prepare for them? I was thinking about like, if somebody's starting a new job, do you prepare for them or do you prepare yourself? Right. Do you make sure you, I keep thinking about school. Do you make sure you have your free ring binder? Do you make sure you have your highlighter? (laughs) Like, I don't think that's what anyone's going to work with, but Right. Like, but I like, think typically- you're thinking about school, no? Yeah, I'm confused, yep. We don't have a typical uh, <laughs> office job. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> but, you, <laughs> but I, I would imagine fun. you typically prepare yourself and then whoever they are is who they are. You could end up with a shitty boss, a shitty manager, a shitty office mate, and you, you focus on you. Right. So I think you have to also think about, like, I don't know if it's about preparing for them or preparing for yourself. How am I going to feel if this ends up different than I want it to? How is this going to be if I'm disappointed? How is it going to be if I, I feel weird on family vacations or staying in the same house as them and like staying overnight, things like that. I think it's more about like preparing like you, your expectations, your motivations behind stuff. And are you going in setting yourself up for failure? I like that. Right. Well, I mean,
0: I, mean, I know you didn't, is... but you did like my analogy about three ring notebooks. Well, only because <laughs> it made uh, just because I don't know if people are taking free ring binders into an office job, maybe school, you know, but like, I don't think they do that for uh, school anymore either. I think that was very oh, 2001. But like, how much fun was that? You get like your Lisa Frank <laughs> notebook. Remember her? Mm-hmm. How's she doing? She problematic? <laughs> oh, wait, I, could you, did her ass get canceled? Probably. Oh. Lisa Frank. Where'd you go? Are you okay?
1: I don't know. But I feel like any time I've
0: done psychedelics, it's just Lisa Frank. Like, I, that, that's not the most psychedelic shit you've ever seen. Not even a question. Like, I want to know what Lisa Frank was taking. <laughs> because I would I like mean. some. Yeah. Had to be. <laughs> I would love that. But wasn't that so much fun when you would, like, go to Staples... We can still do that now. We run our own business. We do that. And it's very fun. It's probably the best part of running our own business is getting all all of those three ring binders. (laughs) My shit would always rip. I would have, I, mine, I would be a mess. That was the ADHD talking to me from an early age. Wait, I saw a meme a while ago that was like, are you, um, what, all
1: those people that their backpacks were a mess. Where are you now? And I was like, it's me. I'm running a business. (laughs) My backpack's still a mess. (laughs) My purse is a mess. Our our internal
0: selves are a mess. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, let's keep going. No. How to handle in-law conflict if your partner will not speak up to their parents.
1: Yes, you'll have to. We cannot control other people. If there is a real problem that's like actually a problem, right not just like I don't love the way that they're 10 minutes late to stuff, right? Like, I'm like, that's actually dumb that I care about that. You know, if there's a real issue, whether my partner wants to do it or not, I have to take responsibility of what feels important for me. So if it feels really important for a direct communication to happen, even if your partner won't do it,
0: if it matters to you, you have to do it. And I think there's a way too where you can have this conversation of like, is this something we can address together? Right. You can start like that. Is this something we can address together? Or is this something that I have to directly address to have this conversation with your partner beforehand and see if you can take it from there?
1: You know what I was thinking? It's like, also, I keep just thinking about, and I know this is a very heteronormative idea of talking about it, but like the, like the villains, the villain mother-in-law and the villain daughter-in-law, and do we fall into those patterns without even trying, right? So like we have this fear, if I Stand up to my in-laws, or I say something directly, and like they're not going to like me, and I'm like this nagging wife, with the fear that I am. We have to release that. We have to be okay with people not liking us.
0: Am I and talking I, myself? Yeah, I think you might be. Should I put a mirror? Was a that mirror? just an I statement? Was that? Can you see yourself in the Zoom? I think it was. No, but but I but I do think if you think about when you're first meeting like your partner's parents, you want so badly for them to like you. It is like I in order for me to be loved in this relationship, I need their parents, I need their in- I need my, you know, hopefully potential future in-laws to also love me. Mm-hmm. And I think something we have to talk about is the transition from I am in this place of I need to prove myself, I need to, you know, I need to please these people to I'm a human being, I'm in this family and I need to be able to set my own boundaries. I think we have you know, we have this space and opportunity to make that transition in our relationship because we're with that person all the time, right? We go from like this honeymoon stage of like, I need this person to like me. I'm not going to fart in front of them. I'm going to make sure I'm doing everything perfectly to, okay, we're losing, you know, we're really getting to know each other. And I think that there's so much more space to do that in your relationship with your partner and not with your in-laws or your partner's parents. And so that, is also a transition that has to happen, but might happen so much slower because you have less opportunity for it.
1: Yeah, but I think you're still right. I mean, this this I think as we go into a relationship, one that we really want to work work out quote unquote, which we typically mean marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we feel like if we can get their parents to approve of us, then that like locks me in. And so I think that there's a, like a false sense of safety and security, but like your in-laws could fucking love you when your partner walks out the next day. Right. I mean, it actually is,
0: doesn't give you that much uh, or, well, I just had, I just had this thought of like, if, if it does give you that much, right? Like, what does that say about your partner's relationship with your parents, with their parents, their parents right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if. Their approval means so much to your partner that they would be like, oh, well, my family loves them, so I must love them. Ooh, that's why I made that
1: face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not great either. Right. So that's what I mean. It's false. It's false. Right.
0: But but we all want security. I know. (laughs) We all want to be loved. (laughs) We want things to be safe so bad. We want everyone to love me. Me too. (laughs) So it's so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that that's something it's once again, it's a transition that has to be made, especially when you, you know, you have to create this boundary around your relationship with your partner, separate from their parents, separate from your parents. That's a really hard transition to make.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: And we'll get more um, into that, I'm yeah, sure. What it do?
1: Um, how to go about telling overbearing in-laws that you're going to elope? Well, first, let me say, I'm guessing you're eloping for a reason. <laughs> I would say hey, we're going to be eloping. We know it's not maybe the choice that you would pick for us. We're still really excited about this decision and we wanted to let you know, period. And people, they're going to react how they react. You cannot control how other people are going to take something. It doesn't matter how perfectly you say it. Now, there's wrong ways to say stuff. If you say, hey, by the way, fuck you guys. We're fucking eloping that probably is going to elicit a very different reaction. Right. But Mm -hmm. all you can control is your part of it. Tell them with kindness. Tell them with sensitivity. It's what we call a a soft startup versus a harsh startup, right? A soft startup is, hey, I know this might be hard and it's probably you had ideas about what this wedding would look like. We've made this decision. We love you and we hope that this can work too. And maybe there's another way we could have a dinner in a few months or something. Right, right,
0: you can add something at the end. Exactly. Exactly. We what? can celebrate this in a different way together. Have but a you dinner. can say it perfectly and they can freak the fuck out. And there's nothing
1: you can do to control that. So it's about what feels good for me. If I'm in alignment with myself and I'm holding myself at my personal values and my integrity, I need to say it that way. And don't wait, don't avoid it. Don't, and don't be passive
0: about it. I mean, holding you're probably, it you're probably avoiding it. it. If you're asking us first, you're probably avoiding it. And that's okay. That's something I would do, but definitely tackle it sooner rather than later. (laughs) Because, because also just the, you know, and, and this, there might be less stress because of the eloping, but the amount of pressure that it feels, you know, there's a lot going on with, with getting married and, that it's about the two of you. And it's to be able to, once again, put that boundary around your relationship mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to get this out of the way so that I can focus on this marriage. My in-laws were so great about our wedding. They were not overbearing. At
1: My in-laws were like, "Not," they're like, yeah, whatever you guys are doing, like, they were super chill. I can't imagine how stressful that would feel because I already had like dynamics with my own mom, right? Like, right. so like that one's enough. You know, when you already have like your own parents, like I can't imagine how that would feel to have stress from your in-laws. Like uh, that really makes me sad.
0: I think I would elope. Like if uh, I, you know, I I also didn't have that experience where I was having like a lot of input from either side actually, which was nice. But I really- did like your first wedding dress though. No, she didn't. I love that one. You look so good in that wedding dress. Thank you. (laughs) Didn't choose
1: it. Maybe we should buy it now for fun. That would be great.
0: <laughs> but I also wonder if this person really knows themselves to be able to say, hey, we mm-hmm. want to elope. Like this is a choice that we're making for a specific reason, especially if there are overbearing parents involved. But yeah, I can't imagine either what that must be like. It just creates another level of pressure. We should probably yeah. do a whole episode on like weddings.
1: Yeah. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. multi-parter we should should maybe each month should just be a theme and we just do four episodes of that theme oh I like that everyone can vote in and tell us if you like yeah yeah yeah
0: Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My fetus is flooded with customized this and personalized that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily. After a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it, In a third-party double-bind dermatologist supervised clinical controlled study AKA the gold standard in research studies. Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas, pros.com slash shrink chicks. Say goodbye to the cheap razor era, my friends. It's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club. Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our Practice the Therapy group. And in haste of packing, because yours truly is a packing procrastinator, I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth. A mistake I will never make again. The Athena Club hype is real. The shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothness, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle, and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with goopy blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineer blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shave Experience, switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code SHRINKCHICKS at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving.
1: My partner sees moving away from her parents as abandoning them. So one I want to ask with the cultural component, is there a cultural part here about what expectations and is it not necessarily even just seen as abandoning? Have you been told that from a young age? If you have been told directly or indirectly and as part of your culture that you do not leave your parents, then of course she sees it that way. And that's really hard, especially if there's two different cultures you're coming from.
0: Yeah. And I wonder how much you're partner might have been parentified growing up, asked to take care of, and I wonder if there's reasons for it, right? Like, are there reasons that your parents needed help in some way? And so I think it, it, you know, with bringing that up, it takes a really honest conversation about that. Like, do your do your partner's parents really need them for something? Is there some? Is there something else you could put in place if they do really need them for something like, you know, physical help? Or, um, and so uh,
1: translation. Maybe they're first generation, right? They're the only person who's English with their first language, right? So, they help with translating, writing paperwork. It, it's true. There's so many things. They own a
0: family business together. Right. There's so, right. There's so many. And that's why we need like a, a call mm-hmm. in line to really understand more about this. So I guess you have to say is like, what's it going to mean for you?
1: If you, right. Like, what does that mean for you in your relationship? If your partner does not feel that while their parents are leaving, living, they can leave the area. What's that mean
0: for you? Mm-hmm. Does that what work does that mean? for you? Right. What's that mean for your relationship? I think it's a, because what happens is that, you know, this trickles into your romantic relationship. That's really what causes a lot of these struggles. And so being able to honestly and openly have the conversation around this, because I think so quickly, we get into this push pull of like, this is what you should be doing, right? Like, I think we should, your parents are fine. I think we should leave. You're not abandoning them. Why don't we move to blah, blah, blah. As opposed to, let's talk about our different perspectives and really come to and really talk through this. Have some conversations around us. This might be a good time for couples therapy. Just saying, you know, someone to really help you navigate this because it's really it's not as easy as one would like it to be. That that's where compromise and communication is really important.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, how to cope with really deceitful and aggressive sister in
1: laws. So I'm going to start out by saying just because you married into a family does not give them permission to hurt you, to abuse you, to bully you, to lie, like any of these things. Like, just I think we have this idea that, like, whenever we talk about the concept of family, people will make, like, a lot of excuses, right? Like, well, they're family. Wait
0: a second. People love saying that.
1: I know. What is that? I don't know. This goes back to something I blame on the Kardashians. <laughs> I know that that that's that's a reach. I understand that. I'm sticking with it. This shit,
0: (laughs) okay. But they have a very supportive family and a ton of money that we know of, right? That's true. That we know of. That is true. That's all we see. Yeah. Although I do know you love the new season. The new season is so. I've actually never. You know, I've never actually seen an episode of the Kardashians. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I am going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna battle back with that one. you know, you know me.
1: If you have to force me into reality TV, listen. But when I do, I'm too busy watching the
0: same show over and over, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, that is part of it. No, but I think I think this this pertains to anything, whether they're your in laws or whether you, you know, have a parent who was really abusive or, and people have say, oh, well, they're your parent, yeah. you know, they're your father. You should have a relationship with them. No, it's, I don't think there's any excuse for someone being abusive, aggressive towards you. And well, deceitful. Use the, it's interesting that deceitful, right? I'd like to know. What right. So like, I
1: wonder if there is um some talking behind people's backs, if there's some bullying, there's some really passive aggressive behavior. And the hard part is that like, we could sit here and we could give you the world's best script of how to say something and people are going to be who they are. So I can give you the best script of how to approach your sister-in-law with that of, hey, listen, when you made that comment last week at family dinner, and then I saw you talking to so-and-so and clearly looking and making comments about me, like, let's be really honest. Like That really hurt. It really sucked. I really want to have a relationship with you. What What's happening here? Is there a problem with me? You know, I can give you the scripts. and she might still be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say anything. You're being really sensitive. You're being really sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then you put yourself out there and hurt even more. Yeah. So once again, like, what is your alignment? Do you want to say something? Do you know the pointless? And I will also say, are we putting assumptions of how somebody might behave? Is there something you did to hurt this person that has made them react this way? Or do they feel like just marrying into their family hurt them? Right, right some and- people have weird family names there's something called rubber fence boundaries. so like imagine like a fence line and then like imagine like oh it looks like i can just like walk into this gated area but it's actually rubber and it snaps you right back so like there are families that have these rubber fence boundaries um that they look like they are permeable but they're actually are not
0: right and sometimes you marry into one and it's hard for people to let Other people into the family. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that there's also a way to say it just to where you don't have to have a relationship with her. Right. And where you can say, listen, that is okay if you don't like me, but I really just would appreciate more respect in this relationship. Right. And I think what happens is that we, instead of going straight to the source, we end up complaining to our partner about it, right? And then our partner might feel torn that that's my sister and I feel uncomfortable about this. And then it gets brought into the relationship. And so to be able to go straight to the source and say, hey, listen, I... Can tell that you might not like me, or we not might not get along, which is completely fine. Um, I just would like to have a cordial relationship with you, mm-hmm. right? Where you don't have to have this close relationship, but you, for you to be able to go straight to the source and say this is important to me, so that every time you're going to a family dinner, you're not feeling like complete shit, and you know, and also. Your, the, your sister-in-law knows that you're going to stick up for yourself and you're going to set those boundaries with her. There was this really
1: gross trend on TikTok. Um, I feel like this was like probably six months ago and I can't remember what the sound was, but it was like this sound, If it was like moms and it was like how I'm going to be towards the first girl that my son is with. First of all, it's very heteronormative. Right. Do you remember this? And two, yeah. that's fucking weird and gross. Yeah. What
0: was that? And uh, wh- so many people did it that is the perfect example of what i was trying to yes. say in the first question yeah. of like why wouldn't you be accepting of your child's partner right you're like i i is that a biological thing that happened it was really fucking weird it like but that happens all the time of like i'm going to protect this child right it's like mama bear comes out of like i'm going to protect this child and the assumption is you get into a romantic relationship you're going to get hurt so i have to protect you but it there's was-
1: I knew a lot of people that did it, people that I was surprised to see do it. And I thought it was very weird. Mm-hmm. And then socially celebrated, people like commenting each other. Was like, oh, that's going to be me to my daughter-in-law too. One, how do you know your child's straight? Two, you what? They're two years old.
0: What the fuck right. are you talking about? This is weird. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not a parent. I'm wondering for you, like, do you feel, when you picture in the future, Millie getting into a relationship with whoever she gets into a relationship with, like, as you picture that, how does that feel for you?
1: I don't know. The straight man, it's going to be so hard. My husband, I <laughs> want really to be queer so badly. I can't. I. It's weird, right? Because, I, like, I get it, right? Like, I have an only child. So there's feelings that come up around having an only child about, like, what would that feel like for her to end up with someone I totally do not vibe with? And then she moves across the country and we don't see her and, like, Rightly, like, I can understand how scary that is. Like, that can feel like abandonment. Okay. Right, like I, You know what I mean? That, I also can't imagine making her suffer because of that. I also feel like that it would be up to me to be like, okay, like, I'm going to try to travel and see you. You know, like, how, like, I think that, like, I would hope that at that age and at that place in my relationship, we could have a lot of conversations of how to make something work, even if it wasn't my ideal.
0: And I. But I think that's a testament to the fact that you've also done a lot of your own work, right? And if you didn't do that work, and you know you felt abandoned by Millie, mm-hmm. like how easy would it be to get to like dislike her partner even more for taking her away, or like to be more reactive? But you've done so much, obviously, of your own work, and like you know all about this.
1: Millie um, has multiple times said so. Like we have these next door neighbors and have this great house. You've been yeah, over there, yes, yeah. um, great fucking house, right? <laughs> Amazing. Millie, Millie will talk about. She says, "I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to live here next to our house. <laughs> that is so nice." And how do you feel about that? I'm like, "Oh no, there's so many better places." So
0: well, many I have to say, "I'm <laughs> like, I oh," and then I'm like, "Oh God, no, don't do that." When I was younger, I was like, "I'm never leaving the suburbs. I love the suburbs." That's Look still at me, me
1: now. <laughs> That's still me. I'm like, I'm never leaving the woods. Yeah. Um. So, like, I do have, like, there is a. Part of me that can understand how that feels mm-hmm. as a parent, and then there's a part of me that's just like, dude, like, what the fuck is with your boundaries? If you're going to sabotage your kid's future and relationships, like that part's weird to me.
0: Well, and it it might speak to too, like if you know, if we go back, if we think about it systemically, and how your partner's parents, maybe their parents did the same thing to them, right? How much were they allowed to lead their own life? Mm-hmm. Um in relation to their parents and yeah. how are they passing that down? And that is where you can break intergenerational curses, so to speak, by being able to do your own work and say, I am going to give the space to my child to do what they need to do, regardless of what it's bringing up for me.
1: Yeah. And I think I had like, right, like my husband moved away from his family. And I will say that when we lived in Philadelphia, they did not have good feelings about that. They didn't like the big city, the big city. Is- <laughs> the like like big- city. A- that's, that's how it feels to them though, right? Like now when we moved out to the suburbs, which was still like six hours away, they were like, great, wonderful, like very different because it was anxiety producing for them to drive into the city. And it, you know, like, we had a smaller place. It's a very different situation, but I have been able to see, you know, the beauty of them not putting shit onto my husband and like what a gift that
0: has been for him. And do you feel like a transition has happened for them to be able to like get used to that? Yes, okay. <laughs> yes. I say I say that with the idea of like I think that that transition sometimes does happen, yes. right? Where there's this expectation of like this this has to happen immediately. They have to immediately be comfortable with this, and I think that's one of
1: the things that we have to remember is that relationships take years. It is not instantaneous. So this idea that it's going to be so perfect and so great, it might not start out that way. But relationships long intimate relationships take a lot of time
0: especially when there's relate when you're not seeing that person or relating to that person every single day right like how much quicker can growth happen in your romantic relationship as opposed to your relationship with your in-laws mm-hmm. because you you don't have direct contact with them every day and you probably you know you might prefer to not have direct contact with them every day so yeah. that's why that transition might take so much longer and so I think that's another piece of like being patient with the relationship too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I feel like we only have time for one more question from this one before
1: we have to go to Dear Emma and Jen. Is that um, true? I swear to fucking God. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm not kidding. But, uh, let's do one more question. Then we'll do Dear Emma and Jen. Was was okay. Pick a good one.
0: Uh, that's i uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Just pick whatever. Pick a, all right. You pick a good one. Shit. Because <laughs> I can't take the pressure. Okay. I got one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm skipping around a little. Is that okay?
1: Uh, it's harder for me to keep up with. But yeah. Okay. ADHD. <laughs> You're skipping because of your ADHD and I can't keep up because of my ADHD. It's
0: really a problem. We're sorry in advance to all of the listeners. But I, I, I think this is interesting because um, I'm in the boundaries section. In-laws say rude things jokingly about my partner, how to set a boundary with them. What would you say? Initial <sighs> response. If um, that happened. I think I would have... I feel very protective in my relationships, like very protective. So I think I might say something like, Oh, actually, I don't disagree. I, I don't agree with that. You know, I might say something pretty quick of like, I don't really agree with that. I also might sit with my partner and, and say to that, say to, say to my husband, Hey, I noticed that your family makes these jokes. How, how do you feel about that? Right? Because it might not be having the same effect on them, that, if that's
1: like part of their family rules, that's how we talk exactly, to each other, right? Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. If, that's, if that's part of their connection, no, right? You have some families who joke, make fun of each other, bust each other's balls, where that... <laughs> I really just look like you saying balls. Thank you. I'll try to integrate it more into my verbiage. Um, <laughs> you know, and if your family didn't do that, then it might be an adjustment to make, right? So I think I'd also sit down with my partner and say, hey, how does this feel for you? If I knew that it was affecting my partner, if my partner would come home, and say, like, oh, this like that sucked. I was with my family and like they were saying all this shit about me. That I think I would be more likely to be more protective in those moments and say those things or say mm-hmm. a- and I might say, Are you comfortable with me saying something?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in the moment. Um, okay, so you're different than me. So yeah, my- what would you do? <laughs> what would you do? Burn the house down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, my, the- my reaction would you say ouch mm-hmm. i had a reaction from that comment and then look at my partner and say how do you feel about that mm. like that you know but for some people that might be really overwhelming for you to put them on the spot like that i know i'm in a different situation i know my partner yeah i know they can handle that you know what i mean so like that's how it would work in my relationship If i had a different partner i probably react a different way yeah. but um i'm a big fan of ouch
0: same right? i mean my my um. Uh... My partner would definitely not be offended, I think, if someone was like that. And so like, it would actually probably be ridiculous for me to be like, ooh, you know, like, oh, like, oh, that was probably so hurtful or it's weird, right? Because like, I would have thought that
1: for my partner 10 years ago, but like where we are now, I'm like, oh, you're so much more, you feel things in such a different way than I thought. And like, you were programmed to be emotionally suppressed. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, so my response now would say, ouch, that really hurt me, that comment, and then look at him and say, like, are you okay? Like, you know, like, how do you feel about what was just said? And yeah. then it puts it on him, and then he can make a decision from there, but I'm still going to say it was ouch. It still made me uncomfortable. There you go. All right. Okay, we got to do your Eminent Jen. Oh, my God. Can't believe are how quickly I this one. Yes. This is like a 10, this is going to be a 10 part in Lost series. Okay. Do you want me
0: to read it? You want to read it?
1: Yeah, you, can you read it to me? Of course I can. Too?
0: Yeah. I'll put balls in there. Mm -hmm. Dear M and Jen balls. (laughs) (laughs) Helpful? Didn't fit. I'll find another place. My partner's family's closeness is causing a strain on our marriage as it feels like I'm always an afterthought. Mm. Their parents come first, then siblings, then me. I had always felt bad for wanting my partner to create more distance. I started to think I was a bad person to even have these thoughts. Who am I to tell them they're too close with their family? To hear it discussed in the Enmeshment episode, I felt as if a piano was lifted off of my shoulders. and yeah, it's heavy. Like giving a vision to a blind man. But I don't know what or how to discuss it. Should I seek a therapist to speak to myself? Should we seek couples therapy? I know you said perhaps jokingly to send the podcast to friends and family, but I know that would be a disaster help.
1: Okay, so the first thing is if it feels, one, I think you should have a place to talk about this individually, but also individual therapy is for personal empowerment. Couples therapy is for relational empowerment. Which one do you want to do? I think it's probably beneficial to do both in this situation, but I think also to have an ability, this is clearly... um in a mesh system, right? If you felt like, holy fuck, this is the answer. And they use the word, lifted a piano off my shoulders. That shit's heavy. So it feels this heavy. It probably means you have actually tried other ways to do this. You have thought about this often. This feels like a big topic, which is one of the reasons why I say it could be helpful to do some individual work and also say to your partner, I love you and you and I matter so much. And I want to find a really great way for our relationship." To brew, blue and blossom that is not about cutting your family off, but finding a different way to function within all of
0: this. I also wonder if it might be important to let your partner know what this feels like for you. Your partner has been in this relationship with their family their whole lives, and have been in a relationship with you we only don't know a how long. Oh, right. We don't know how long a portion of their lives, and so. They might not have a sense of how this feels for you, to, you know, feel like you're coming coming in third next to the rest of the family. And so, if you do need individual therapy in order to develop that individual empowerment to get to that place where you can express this is how it feels, and I wonder, do you even fully understand what this is like for you? Do you feel like an outsider? Do you feel, you know, like you're last on, on the, the list of priorities? What is this like for you? And how can you express that to your partner in a way? Maybe they can really empathize with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we stick with the things that are comfortable for us. Right. And if this relationship has been comfortable for your partner for their whole lives, then making that change is going to be uncomfortable, but it's important because creating a boundary around your romantic relationship is essential in order to continue to build on your relationship together.
1: And I think it's also important to have patience with your partner while they, if they do these choices, right? To know that like, there could be a lot of fear when you are moving and adjusting in a mesh system. There's a lot of fear about what's going to happen to me. Because sometimes if I try to change the dynamic within the system, I can get kicked out of it. And that is really fucking scary to think that like, this could hurt my family. I could lose my spot and roll in the family. So you have to understand, also, like to have a lot of patience while somebody is while your partner is sort of sorting this all out,
0: right? And with that, it might take multiple times, oh, of multiple con- like at ten thousand conversations, ten thousand. Co- I mean, multiple that equals ten thousand, right?
1: <laughs> like 10. multiple is like three. You're like, no, no, this isn't it's it. You're gonna be talking. This about this can, the rest you're gonna your life. you're
0: gonna keep having conversations and. It might continue to change, right? If you decide to have children, if you, you know, so it might, you might have to continue to have this conversation over and over and over again so that your partner really understands where you're coming from. And that's so you can create a different type of system within your family unit. mm mm-hmm.
1: Um, And that's it for today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. Follow us um, at Shrink Chicks. And at the end of the day, don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week.